favors, as many as you can get, and you have to build to that and you run out of them, right? You can't just be asking people for favors all the time. You have to also be the type of person, which we always try to do, be, especially my, my production partners, is helping people out on their projects, right? Really, if you've built that, if you've built that like reserve of favors given, then when it's time for you to ask for a favor for your project, those people will go to bat for you because you've been there for them, which is a life lesson, right? Not just a industry lesson. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 67. I'm Elise Siebert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today, we are talking to actor-producer Amanda Markowitz. We discuss her production company, Three Tales Productions, becoming a working mom, and and carrying a film across a suspension bridge. It's very dark. I love it. It kind of like goes into these horror films you've been making. Yep. Right? Like this dark side of your bubbly personality. Well, I think I just end up getting cast a lot as like this girl next door situation and like, oh, you're so sweet and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I wanted to do something that was really a little more off brand. But at the same time, it's not really off brand. Like, I tend to play more of the victim kind of role, whether it's a girl next door or a girl being held in a basement. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it wasn't totally off brand. Mm-hmm. It's just, I tend to be like the girl next door kind of person who ends up getting herself into trouble somehow, mm-hmm. whether that's like by spilling someone's coffee all over them in a comedy. Oh, I just, my first day of work and I just spilled this coffee everywhere. Yeah. Or it's, oh, I was kind to this serial killer and didn't know he was a serial killer, and now I'm in his basement. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Is Are that, we recording? Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. You guys just All right. sneak it in there. That was good. Say, I, was like, I was like, I'm happy with what I just said. And yeah, I it's very <laughs> good. remember that again. It's very good. And plus, knowing your brand is so important. Yes, I think I'm still working on it, though. Actually, there's a... I think it changes all the time, too. It does, but it, I think it's really hard, right? Like, it's hard for you to really have a full grasp of who you are at your core and what you present to the outside world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know my deepest, darkest secrets. I know who I am. And then who I want to be is someone different. And then what I project in the world is different. And the masks I wear are different. And so I've always struggled with that. I really always because struggled with I think that. I agree with that. I think a lot of actors do. One thing, coming from New York to L.A., I am blown away how L.A. actors are so much more on brand than New York actors. And I wonder if that's the theater base in New York where there's so many so many actors do still do a lot of the- – I mean, there's a lot yeah. of theater here too where they're, they feel more chameleons, but – the business side of things with LA actors, I've been blown away by. Yeah, LA actors, definitely the business part is a huge part of it, right? And you have all these people telling you, well, I get that you want to play all these different roles. However, if you're trying to start out and you're trying to grow grow a career and start with co-stars and start with guest stars, then ultimately people recommend kind of projecting one thing out there so that that's your thing and you get cast for that. And then once you get bigger, you can branch out of that. Kind of like Steve Carell, right? He was way more of this comedy actor and then recently moved into more of these dramas and he's phenomenal. So I think you have to build to that point until you can really branch out. And that's so hard as an actor because you're like, I can do all this. Let me do all this. (laughs) Um, And you don't always get those opportunities. Yeah. It's a different kind of savviness. Like I think New Yorkers, New York actors have another kind of savviness, but that's one thing coming into LA after being in New York for Yeah, I'm not good at it though. All of my closest friends will uh, tell you and and laugh at me for the number of headshots I'm always taking because I'm like, oh, I figured out my brand. Let's do another (laughs) round of headshots. Ooh, ooh, if I just cut my hair one inch, that changes me a ton. Oh, I'm going to cut bangs. I'm going to be this. They're going to be straight across. Oh, let's do the side swept bangs. Let's do shorter hair, longer hair. I've tried everything. It's like lighter hair, darker hair. And I just constantly I'm like well now I need all new headshots and now I'm going to be different and now I'm going to go with this headshot photographer because they have a different vibe and that's my vibe now and 
I think I'm just always confused about it. It's so hard for me. I don't want to have to decide that. I want to just play the roles I want to play, play and have them be yeah. different and nuanced. But has it changed it, even since becoming a mom? Like that yes. idea. Yeah. That's something I'm I'm going through right yes. now too. How, however, like, I can't play moms. My That's so strange. What do you mean? I don't book moms. I rarely audition for moms. You know, they told me cut your hair, make it shorter, and that will make you play more of a mom commercially. And I did that when I was pregnant. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think my my age range, my vibe, who I am. Your essence. My essence, I guess, is not mom-like, mm-hmm. even though I am a mom. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Maybe I'm not a good mom because no, I'm not projecting that out you're there. You're very good at it. Um, no, I, I, I do think I'm just not projecting that out in the world. If you were to go ask 10 strangers at a mall without my child, what I project, I don't think any one of them would say mom. However, if I'm holding my baby, they might say mom. Of course they would. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, that's the way the brain works, right? right? That's so just take your headshots with Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little. My friend has a funny headshot where she's all serious, but her baby, she takes her own and she's amazing. But her baby happened to like slip her hand. Wait, in front she of the takes camera. her own she's headshots? Yes. She's my, one of my producing partners, my, one of my best friends. Oh my she's gosh. like the sister I choose. Um, I and love it. I love my, I have, I have sisters and they're my best friends, but this girl and I just became so close. You can have more sisters yes, that yeah, you choose yeah, also. Yes, we need all the sisters in the world. She's the one that will laugh in my face about the number of headshots I take because um, I've had her <laughs> take a lot of them for me um, and I make her choose my headshots whenever I get a bunch so she's always like so sweet about it but I'm like here's a hundred images and right. good luck. <laughs> um, oh my God. I love really you good in advance. Friend. She's an am- really amazing friend. friend. <laughs> uh, Victoria Matlock I love you. Uh, but she <laughs> It takes her own, her own headshots and she's incredible at it. Like she she has her camera and like she can push it on her phone and she just does, gets all ready just, and then she presses the button and takes her own. It's ridiculous. So talented. That's but she skill. has a one year old and one photo, Luna like stuck her hand on Victoria's shoulder and so there's she's a very serious kind of detective looking strong woman and then there's just little baby, baby hand on her on shoulder. <laughs> And she's not using it, but she has it, and it's the funniest photo. And I'm like, that's mom life right there. That is. That's funny. I almost would want to put it on Actors Access to just, like, (laughs) fuck with casting directors. I love that. I want them to be, like. specific, right? Like, this this strong-headed detective on the force trying to make her way. But she got a baby at home. Yeah, but she's compassionate. And yeah, knows that's how good castability yeah. right there. Good she's trying to juggle it all. How has, okay, so I love, I want to keep on this topic just a little bit. Being a producer and being on the other side of things, like now looking at actors, can you pigeonhole? Pe- like, do you feel like you can be like, oh, you're this type, you're this type? Like, has that helped or? I, I think I keep a really open mind when I'm sitting in a casting room. I don't think I do that because I am an actor. However, I will say people do have their essences, right? It's really interesting. People have an essence and they walk in the room and sometimes you don't necessarily, or you have an idea of what a role is supposed to be and then someone walks in and they they just are the role. And it yeah. might be different than what you were anticipating. You might have thought it was one way and then ends up being another. But I, I truly think that sometimes people just or almost all the time people just are that role they have the right essence and there's almost nothing another actor can do to steal it from that person because they're just so it but then when that other actor is it they'll 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 have their chance but I think that removed a lot of competition for me with other actors I feel no sense of competition with other actors when I'm sitting in a, a casting room, when I was younger and less confident, I remember being really intimidated. Oh, that girl's prettier than I am. Oh, why are they all blondes? I'm never going to get this part. Um, they're they're all tall and I'm not as tall or they're this or that. And I'd sit there and really freak out in my head. And now that's, I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's being on the other side of the table. It just all kind of removed, which has been so liberating. Mm-hmm. I go there and it's like, if I'm right for this, if I'm it, if this is my role, then it will be there. It will. It, it, it's mine to get. And if 
it's not. And if they're looking for something else, there's not so much I can do to make it mine. And then also, having worked in casting as well, sometimes it just doesn't even come down to the best actor. And that's so disheartening. But there's a lot of other things going on. All an actor can do is just show up and do the work, put in the work, show up and do their thing and walk out and go on with their lives because it doesn't sadly always come down to that. I mean, you've got to be good enough. You've got to be good and and prepared. But sometimes there are other factors at play. I know. Yeah, I feel like I felt the same way. I remember the day that I had that realization that it doesn't always necessarily mean that I did a shitty job or that I I wasn't, you know, right for the part or whatever, but I wasn't whatever the casting director's Mm -hmm. vision was for that particular role. And the day that I realized that so much of a weight was lifted off of my shoulder. It's so, it's a two sided coin, right? Like it's so disheartening in a lot of ways because you're like, Oh, it doesn't even matter how good I am. And I put on all this work and, but then it's freeing, right? It's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to play. And if I book it, icing on the cake. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that we as we grow up, forget that. Right. We forget that it's called a play for a reason or, <laughs> you know, we went into this. We went into this career because I mean, multifaceted, but a lot of it because we love it mm-hmm. and we find joy in it. Right. And we love finding ourselves in these roles. And then all of a sudden we're so tight, and nervous and we forget, you know, we're not cancer up there we're, yeah, we're, know, right? we're telling a story we're living a life and you got to find the joy in that yeah as elise would say it's not brain science right it's not brain <laughs> science unless you're playing a brain scientist well yeah then it's then it's you're yeah. basically then, a brain then scientist, it's brain right? science <laughs> then it's brain science what's a brain scientist i don't know that, that was the <laughs> well it was it was not a rocket scientist and wasn't brain surgeon it's but you know brain just, science so you know i just you went know. with it that's how yeah no limited yeah. my brain is right no. now, but I, I literally went with <laughs> well, my so, brain. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we want to talk to you about, like specifically if you're cool with it, is is like what has that transition been like? Because you have so many things on your plate, but um, being a new mom and, and... I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. Okay, No right. one's supposed to know that I'm a mom in, this, <laughs> in, in, in Los Angeles, in okay. Hollywood. No one can well, know. I am a mom. Okay, God well... forbid I put it on since, my social media. Right? Since you don't get cast as one, then I guess we can just drop this topic altogether. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about it. I would love nothing more than to talk about I it because like I'm it's... hiding it. Although I've stopped doing that. Well, I mean, you shouldn't have to. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, really. it's interesting. I have a lot of feelings on this. Yeah. Um, I could go tell a lot us, of different directions with it. Um, tell us all your feelings because I, you know, I think we need to know them. As, Everyone has those yeah. feelings and it feels there's something beautiful, I think, about not feeling alone. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember working with an agent who had told me that they were tentative to hire someone in their mid-20s or to to rep someone in their mid-20s because they end up going off and having kids and then that's bad. And I was so taken aback, but I wasn't ready to have kids at that point anyway. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, not me, no problem. Yeah. But I remember when I was ready to have kids, I was so scared because that comment always stuck with me. And I was pushing off having kids for a while because I was so nervous about what that was going to do f- to my career. And I, I feel like we've become so accepting of women and so pro-female in this industry, but that's still lacking yeah. a lot. I think there's not enough support for moms um, in, in this Especially industry. the freelance vibe Yeah, so what I was going to say is I ended up producing a project at, nine months pregnant um, and was on set. I think I was 36 weeks pregnant and was on set, but it was a project about um, workplace discrimination against pregnancy, pregnancy discrimination in the workforce. And it was a comedy, though. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta insert that so people have a little humor there. Um, And... That was really nice. It was a really nice experience because we hired mainly moms, if not moms, then dads or women. Um, And so it felt very supportive in that environment. There were moms on set pumping in the bathroom between breaks, and that was really cool. Um, But it was still a lot to do at 36 weeks pregnant. But I think there's this sense of um, I can do it all still. 
I'm not disabled because I'm pregnant. Like I can do it all, right? Like, like let me, and not only can I do it all, I can do more. Mm-hmm. Even when I had a baby, I was mm-hmm. producing a project that filmed while I was in the hospital having my baby. <laughs> and like, I literally never stopped working. I got home from the hospital, had an on-tape audition like the day after I got home from the hospital. And I said, yes, of course I can do it. Yes, of course. And yes, of course I can produce this. And it just, I never stopped because I felt like I had to prove something. Like I had to go above and beyond. And then you look back and you go, you're, you're bragging about it, right? And everyone's like, wow, you're such, you're so inspiring. You're so amazing that you're doing this. And yes, it is amazing. But two things. One, why should it be viewed as so amazing? We're capable people and we can do, we can do it. But also why brag about it at the same time? Because then something's, you know, I should be bragging about being with my child and being a mother and being bringing a life into this world, not, oh, I, I produced even while I was in labor, you know, <laughs> you, you know, like that should be seen as like, you're allowed to take some time, some time. Yeah. and it doesn't feel like you get that permission a little bit. Yeah. Well, I feel like our industry, but also just in general, our country has this like obsession with working so hard mm-hmm. and, and so much to the detriment of us, like not in living and enjoying the other parts of our life, which yeah. is not that for, for our particular career choice. Yes, it is a different, it's a different beast, but at the same time, like you do it too. So you can also enjoy the other parts of your life. And if you're yeah. not enjoying that, then you're not really living. No. And I always say that society wants you to work like you're not a mom and be a mom like you're not working. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's so the good. And they want, yeah, they want you to be both. But don't you feel like from, I feel like since becoming a mom, everything's deepened. Oh, my acting so to, work yes. has fully deepened. Yeah. But I also think there's a sense of like, I'm fulfilled in other aspects of my life. And this is important. Yes, but I have something at home that is so important and fills my heart so much that I come, I do my job and I go. Mm -hmm. And I'm not so desperate for it anymore. It's, I'm good at what I do. Here I am. Take it or leave it. Gotta go. Um, And there's something very freeing in that. And it definitely has deepened my, my work. You know, someone told me, Roni, who's going to be on your show. Yeah, she's going to be on your she told me, someone had told her before she became a mom, that something happens, you know, you have your heart, and then when you have a child, you discover that this there's another heart behind that heart, and it's like opened because this other human has come into your life. And that's exactly how it feels. My access to emotion is deeper. Um, and just my overall understanding is different. I think, I know, I mean, acting is living, right? So now you have a more there's like life. a you have presence more experience. too. Yeah, you're more confident, yeah. and I definitely think that translates into my work. Yeah, and into my job. I mean, from the business side of it too, right? Like, I don't have time. I don't. I don't have the time to to deal with BS. Mm-hmm. Like, I just. Mm-hmm. I got. I got to go and do a million. I'm juggling a million things. So. The things I don't really want to do, I'm just getting better at saying no. Like, I, I can't do that. I'm so sorry, but everything I'm choosing to do is time away from my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. It's time away from my family. So if I'm choosing to do it, it's got to be something that really fills my cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because I was Mrs. Well, Miss, Mrs., whatever. Uh, yes to everything. Yeah. And my brother-in-law sent me an interesting article that said – when you say yes to something, you're actually saying no to a lot of other things that you could be doing in that time. Mm. And that blew my mind. And so that coupled True. with becoming a mom made me realize, okay, I, I'm, I can say no. And there's power in that, right? Yeah. I feel like as women, we're not always so good at saying, saying no. no. We're not. We're not. We're taught to say yes. We're taught that we have to acquiesce and that to make other people happy and to like make things easy for everyone else. And so I think it's really important to know that we can say no. Well, it's because when, you know, a man says no to certain things or or does something and that he's just like being, yeah, it's respected and he's powerful and and, um, has this kind of presence. He doesn't have time to do that. Like, it's like, it's like, of course he doesn't have time to do that, you know? Right. <laughs> please, please, people say people would say to to me, 
oh, uh, would you like to work for free for months? And I mean, this sounds insane. Work for free for months and uh, take time away from your family and uh, be available 24-7. And I'm like, yes, oh my God, and thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> like, what? Such a good way to look at it. Like it yeah. sounds insane. Yeah, it does sound insane. It is. It it's fucking insane. insane. But we do it. Yeah. I know. It, even, even. I mean, that's like that mm-hmm. went to like producing projects. Like, but even as actors, Both. we're gonna have you go to auditions, which are basically job interviews all the time, all the time. And you know, you're gonna book maybe one out of a hundred. But you have to spend that time. I always think it's prepping. funny what people are not who are not actors or in the industry. The the stuff that goes into auditioning, it always bugged me a lot because um, my family or p friends or strangers, when they hear I was an actor, but what what have I seen you in? What what have, what are you doing? What are you working on? And I'm like, well, every day the stuff you don't see is hours of my time, and the amount of time I put into auditioning is basically in the prep work is basically my job is to audition and. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, no one's going to see that. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you're not going to see it. You're not going to hear back from it. No. Like, I remember the first time I was talking to uh, to friends that weren't actors and, and t- kind of telling them, like, yeah, they're like, so what is it like to be an actor? And they, like, have this, like, idea, this, like, shiny image in their brain. And I'm like, yeah, I essentially job interview all of the time yep. and never hear back from them. Yep. Like, that's how all I the time. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's funny. Which is also shocking to people because usually they hear if they don't get a job, you know, like, like I'll tell somebody, oh, I had this audition and I was really excited about it. Like it was for the show that you do know of. And they're like, oh, when will you hear back? And I'm like, I don't know. Probably I never. I stopped telling people about auditions because <laughs> then I get the call a couple of days later. Well, what? How'd it go? How'd it go? What happened? Yeah. I'm like, well, if I haven't heard back, I probably didn't get it. So thank you for reminding yes. me <laughs> as I've moved on with my life. Right? We We have this like ability to shut it off. Shut it off, off and it's forget. Insane. Like you, go you in ha- and do the work and you yeah, have to survive. or you're just like a constantly teacher, in a state of depression. hundred percent. A teacher told me that after every audition, make sure you have something to do. Just always make sure you have something that's gonna fulfill you to do afterwards. Coffee with a friend, go to a yoga class, even just go home and watch a TV show. Just something because otherwise you'll sit and ruminate and mm-hmm. what for what? It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Does any of that change when you're producing a project how you run auditions? Like your experience of, because I feel like it's this balance of there's these systems in place and they're not always good systems for humans, but they work for time and money limitations mm-hmm. for productions. But I'm also curious. Like you got how 10 people, minutes. This is your block. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely think. As a producer, I make an effort to connect on a human level, right? These are people taking their time to come in here and bear their heart on their sleeve in a lot of cases and then go on in the world and then, like nothing happened. You know, was, I also have heard we're, we're emotional firefighters as actors, right? So we're, where all the people are running out of the, um, the burning building, we are running straight towards it. <laughs> You know, everyone's running. Everyone in life is running away from the emotion. Like, no, I will not go into my childhood trauma. And we're like, yes, I need it, and I'm going to use it for my work. I mean, it's I'm it's watching insane. Barry it's so right sad. now, and I, that's my, one of my favorite shows. Like, oh, it's so it's incredible. like this is it's exactly true. We're, we're psychotic. Like, we are to, so psychotic. Like to yeah. go back to those places, like watching these exercises. I'm it's like so spot on. I it know. is the best show I've it's seen handle so acting in the most real way. I sit there and I'm just hysterically laughing when I just want to cry. <laughs> yeah. But wait, well, I just totally got <laughs> sorry, off topic. Sorry, we're oh, running, running into auditions. The, yes, yes. So yes. yeah, I definitely make an effort to make that person feel like their time is valuable and that they are valued and that and appreciated for taking the time out of their day to come and do this, right? It's like the the auditions are in the middle of the day. I mean, people work, people have lives and they're taking the time to come. And there's nothing I hate more than you go in, you get 30 seconds, bye, and you just walk out. It feels like, like a constant like walk of shame. Right. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's like your adrenaline thanks gets for all the night. Up. Bye. I never will call you again. <laughs> You're like one night stands repeatedly. It's horrible. <laughs> Except then there's those really awesome rooms. Yes. And you remember them and you appreciate them. And that's the room I want to create. And a lot of times I get that feedback. And I like to also reach out if I can when people didn't get 
the job and thank them for their time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm, I get the, the, the great um, privilege of bringing friends in. I have so many phenomenal actor friends and when things are right for them, I get to bring them in and that's such a cool experience. And then it gets mixed with people I don't know. And sometimes that's hard to have to tell your friend they didn't get the part. But it's always very gracious and, and you, ta- you know, explaining that you appreciate and validate their time. And yeah. it just, for whatever reasons, like I said before, it's the S comes down to okay. the essence. And that's just, okay. Yeah. Just the fit. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have produced two feature films, yeah. which is a great feat. Thank you. Really uh, great feet. Yeah, like by and great, a lot of incredible. shorts, but feet like feature films mm-hmm. are a whole other beast. Yeah, I feel they like definitely are. What did you learn from your first feature to your second feature that maybe you did a little differently or was more efficient or something like you were like, God, I forgot about this from the first <laughs> film. It's, it's a lot, and it's a lot of personality juggling, also. Um, micromanaging and making sure people are really happy on set. I mean, our first feature, you're like a, a puppy dog, right? And you're like <laughs> so happy and excited. And I think in our second, we had a really positive set, but might have treated it more of a business and a well-oiled machine, as opposed to um, as opposed to this really like new, unique, exciting thing with our first feature it also was the subject matter our first one was a rom-com the second was a psychological really dark kind of horror thriller so just the general tone of the set is going to be different um but yeah I just I think on that first one it was a learning curve I always say I felt like I got my PhD in producing on that first feature film and we hadn't like plan to make it a feature we started as a web series and then realized oh this would be better as a feature and we found a through line and wrote a really awesome script um but we had started shooting a couple of the episodes and so we were shooting it over time we ended up shooting it over a year that first feature and the second one we shot consecutively which was a different experience also um so yeah i mean they were just so so different Mm -hmm. but i would say I mean, the the business parts of it, we were way more acclimated with down to like the SAG stuff. I mean, we just, we knew so much more going into that second feature and hiring crew and everything that goes into the business part of it. We were so much more educated on that part of it. Um, but then it's, you sometimes forget that joy every now and then because that first time, like, it, it's the first time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's really special. It's and like a first love. Yeah, yeah. The second one, the second one, you're just kind of like going, you know, you're going through it. And mm-hmm. it's a different, it was just a different experience. Both really positive, but just different. What was the, I mean, rom-com to psychological thriller, horror, like. Yeah. How did that happen? Like, was, was it. I started producing because I wanted to act more. Mm-hmm. And I was in an acting class and a guest instructor came and we worked together and had such a great working experience together that when he left, I ran down the street after him and I was like, I don't know anything about you. I just know I want to work with you. And that is now my production partner, Brad Fowler. And we instantly connected and we started doing that web series, Love Meet Hope, which then turned into a feature and everything kind of was like going amazingly you know we wrote it we wrote it with ed asner in mind and then he did the part and it was it was just incredible the whole experience um and i don't remember what your question was how did you flip from happy (laughs) happy no no no. so in that first movie we were both actors and we wanted to have the opportunity to do a bunch of different roles and so the whole movie takes place at this funeral but that this grandson finds a book while he's there. It's his grandmother's funeral that his grandfather had written a series of love stories for his grandmother. And so the movie dives into the book and the two leads are playing the grandparents in all these different stories. So as actors, that gave us an opportunity to play a bunch of different characters. And that's what we set out to do. But they were all very light or comedic and sweet uh, and had a lot of heart. 
But then I wanted to do something really meaty as an actor and show I don't necessarily have to play that sweet girl next door. I can play something more emotional and deep and psychologically damaging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just really wanted to go dark as an actor. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did that. Are you guys, like, from here on out, is there any, like, do you want to be more branded on what you do? Or are you kind of I like... I need to be branded on what I do. Do I or, want to be? No. No. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of actors will say that. Yeah. But, but even producing-wise, as a production company... I think that's something we're trying to figure out right mm-hmm. now um, because a lot of companies have this, you know, we set out, this is the types. these are the types of movies we do, and that's it. These are our criteria for deciding which movies we do. Um, I think we're just like, do we find the story interesting and compelling and can we tell it in an interesting way? Yeah. Then we're on board with it. I I don't think, you know, that could be comedy, drama, romance, horror. I think the through line is just, are they compelling characters and stories that we want to put out into the world Mm -hmm. more than like, okay, it has to be this, 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 and check these boxes because it's art. Mm -hmm. And if it makes me feel something, I like all different genres. So I'm open. Yeah, that's great. So one of the things that I noticed is that you went to business school. I did. So how did you make that transition from business school into acting? I always find this story fascinating. (laughs) So I grew up, I'm from Los Angeles, and I grew up acting. Um, I remember I was supposed to be in this bigger movie, and my mom took me to set, and I sat there all day, and I told all my friends I was going to set, and it was my first feature, and... Did, went to school there, did all, did it all, and then I waited all day. And at the end of the day, they told me, you know, the director decided to use his niece for the role. <laughs> I'm so sorry, we're sending you home. <laughs> so sad. Um, so my mom, my parents were like, you know what? You can do this in school and stuff, but we work, and it's hard for us to take you to auditions and do all this. So when you can drive, when you're a little older, then you can do this. So I was acting in school and doing it wherever I could, but. Ultimately, I was focused on school and um, kind of stopped acting a little bit. And then I went to college and definitely took the 180 because I still had been involved in arts. I danced, I sang, I did acting. And I went to USC. I hadn't declared a major yet. And I went there for a visit and I said to my mom, you know, I think I want to be a business student, which is a different school. So I went into the office and talked to them about it. And normally you have to like submit and like apply and do a whole thing. And they looked at my transcript, they looked at my SAT scores and they said, you're going to probably get in instead of making you wait a year, we're going to let you in. And it was really like unprecedented, which was so nice. And I remember I was leaving and this kid was at the front desk like, so I have to wait a year and then apply and da da da. And my mom was like, let's get out of here. Um, (laughs) She's like, shh, exactly. So I remember having this Elle Woods moment where I'm like walking through the business school. Like, <laughs> I can do this. Uh, so I went to business school, had a phenomenal education at USC Marshall School of Business. And I'm grateful for, for that. Got um, recruited my senior year to work for Southern California Edison in a rotational program. Um, it's a year and a half program. And you go to different departments. So I worked in financial management and accounting. I worked in customer service and marketing and all these different areas. And ultimately I decided I, I wasn't really happy and I was working for free as an actor or, or photo shoots on the weekends and was happier working for free in that place than I was there, although I was grateful for the opportunity. I talked to my boss and she was so supportive. She was like, you know, you, I, I, I see this. I see you being like outside in the world and, and being more creative than behind a desk nine to five kind of job. And everyone was so supportive and wonderful. And I left and I immediately signed up for acting class and was like, this was my, this was my path as when I was younger for a reason and kind of never looked back. I'm sure business school has. Yeah, but see now oh, that's what I was going to say too. So this like, is what I was saying. You know, it's so funny. I, I went to business school and then did the natural thing and became an actor. No, it made no sense. <laughs> However, when I became a producer, it has made me such a better producer. I mean, I'm able to deal with numbers and spreadsheets and managing people. I mean, my main emphasis was organizational behavior and management. So. I mean, that's what it is. 
And it's, I mean, like, I feel like there's no better way to describe producing than what you just said. Exactly. <laughs> so it made me so prepared for being a producer. And I'm, in hindsight, so happy that that was my background and my education. I also think that it's really important, like you said, like as actors, we are expressing what it's like to live right in the world. And so when we don't have any other experiences other than just acting, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a huge disservice to us as creators being able to capture the emotion and really understand from the perspective of someone else who's so different from us if we've never experienced that. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that goes back to the whole mom thing. The mom thing, exactly. You know, and like they You want to be a well-rounded person in general to bring these different experiences into your acting. So yeah. tell us some about, um, it's Three Tales, right? Three Tales production. Productions, yeah. yes. Tell us about that. How did you guys, um, so you said Yeah, I ran down the street after and, Brad. And, after and Brad, that's how yeah. we started. <laughs> um, like, and we started it right then and there. Yeah, literally. And we scene. went to a Starbucks, started writing about what we wanted to do, and that's where Love Meet Hope was born. Um, and then my husband also is involved in the company, and so is Brad's now wife, uh, Victoria. So it's the four of us really doing it. Um, My husband has a full-time job. He's not in the industry, but he's highly intelligent and so helpful um, and so, and, and likes it. So, you know, he, he's been great and such an important integral part in my career. Um, It's funny. I tell Kevin that I'm like, you're a producer because you're married to me. Sorry. Like, I mean, just even like in New York, we would shoot in my apartment and he'd come home from work and, you know, carry a light outside or go run and pick up food or whatever it is. Andy, too, (laughs) is really helpful with contracts because that's what he does a lot in business. And so he'll look at stuff and and do contracts. And I also will say this has Tara. This brings back to the women male thing. There's something about. And I'm, I, I think it's getting better, but there's something about him making a phone call instead of me or him sending the email instead of me. Um, and that sucks, but it's sometimes true. And sometimes I need him to come in when I'm like, they're not listening to me. And I need you to come in and just give your lay, opinion. Lay down the Because wall. they listen to you. I know it's <laughs> it's not fair, no, but it is I what it is. And also I'm an actor producer. Yeah. So... When I'm writing emails to, you know, distribution companies or when I'm, although it's gotten better or when I'm talking to people, it's like, it's, it's easier for him to be like, I'm just the producer, not like I'm, I'm the lead actor in this also. And so that's, I know, I think, which an part. I think that's changing it a totally little bit. Changing. This last film, I'm talking to distributors and sales. And, and they're like, of course, I, I of course you're yeah. acting in yeah. it, right? Like these, these creators slash acting roles, people are like, yes, we want that. We mm-hmm. want that. And I mean, I think that goes to like the um, Abby and Alana who did um, – Yep. Mm-hmm. Broad City. Uh-huh. Broad yeah. City. I was My like, brain yes, is there. I'm there. And um, what's her name that does Insecure? Like they, these really great, talented, all women that I'm thinking yeah. of. Of course um, they are. Interesting. That are producing and writing and making their own content. And people are like, oh, okay. Like, other, you know, Sometimes, oh, you're an actor and you made this thinking that it's not I know legit. This, yeah, exactly. I, it's so funny as we're talking about women, women, women. And I'm like, obviously, all about women and moms, especially. But Sometimes I feel bad for men. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, listen, they've had their time, whatever. But, right? I mean, it's got to be hard. You need both. What I was going to say, go, circling back to what we were talking about, is the tag team of sometimes... Well, this this is... I think I've talked to you about this, right? Like, I was... How, how you have these all-women cast and crews, which is wonderful. However, women know women can, like, kick ass right women know that yeah you want men to do that 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 you can have women in in above the line positions and and top positions and the set runs so smoothly and everything's great and so someone told me you know it's great to have this all woman stuff but it's also great to have men there too so they can see it and then leave and be like oh no i had a great experience working with and i want to run my set like that exactly yeah right so it's something to be said about we all gotta just work together I, I and totally have it be agree more people, not like we're excluding men or we're yeah. excluding women it should just be like 
human. Right? Yeah. But I think yeah. it also helps you to tell the story more fully too, mm-hmm. when you have the perspectives of both genders. Cause we do, I mean, we're from Mars and Venus apparently yeah. from different places. So, I mean, I think it's good um, to have those yeah. um, female crews and most yeah. like have that kind of experience, but it's I also good always, to have. Every time we talk about like male, female perspective, it makes me think of light of the moon. Um, oh yeah. And when yeah, we yeah, talk yeah. to Jessica and Carlo, it, sorry, it's this feature that we also interviewed um, the director and producer on, but that's like one of the most prominent films I've watched that tells a story from both perspectives, mm-hmm. yes. like so beautifully. Cause I feel like a lot of times with features it's like whose story is it is it the woman's story or the man's story and like for a film to capture both sides of it like so i don't know anyway yeah that's what i always think of film the voices which is the psychological thriller was two female leads myself and victoria matlock and the direct we had two directors males uh brad brad fowler directed it and wesley alley directed it and that was interesting because the leads were female there's only one male in in the movie and it was interesting in, in the post-production process because you had two females, two female voices and two male voices essentially. And it was an interesting collaboration between that um, and trying to find that balance of our all yeah. our voices together. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, that's really it's great. great. Where is that project in? So is it? It's done. It's done. It's completed. Great. I'm currently talking to different distributors and sales agents about how we're moving forward with it. And we have Did you guys do the festival with circuit it. with it? Or? We have applied to some festivals okay. and we're waiting to hear, hear back. back. But cool. I did the festivals with Love Meet Hope and I'd be great to do some festivals, but ultimately I really with a feature I wanna get it I wanna there. sell it and get yeah. it out there and um, as an actor it's great to play some festivals be seen, but I'd like for it to get out there hopefully make some revenue back yeah and well there's no one way to do it that's why I'm always like so curious because well it depends right if you are going to be a Sundance film or a slam dance film or one of those big kind of festivals I think the festival circuit serves you really really well Uh, then there's these more genre films that would go more horror specific festivals but I don't know ultimately how much it really helps in your sales. So we're doing some, but I want to sell it. That's I think that's a great um, genre to sell a film into. It's getting really saturated though now Mm -hmm. because everyone realized that. And now I think Mm -hmm. the pendulum swung the other way. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's really saturated, but there's space for it. Mm -hmm. And this is really different, our film, because it's not like super psychological thriller or super horror it's it's more of a like a psychological drama it's really a smart script that brad wrote and a cool a cool story and it deals with schizophrenia which is a social issue and um yeah i think it's somewhere in the middle it's Mm -hmm. not one or the other Mm -hmm. so that can either be really cool and different or they could be like we want it to be strictly this i mean they it also depends how distributors market it yeah. So, oh my gosh, it all yeah. comes down to that. And Lynn Shay's in it. Who's uh, she's in the Insidious franchise. Um, she was also Magda in There's Something About Mary, all those oh. years ago. And yeah, yeah. like now an aunt to me, essentially. Um, <laughs> I love her, and she's so talented and wonderful. And she came on and did the film. And okay. so she's typically horror, and so she's known as the godmother of horror. And so then people see her name, and they're like, oh, horror, horror, but. It's not just a horror. Yeah, that's really smart. I always think, sorry, no, I, th- I always think it's smart to, um, like, talking about horror and genre, like, know your audience, too. Like, sometimes I think young film or filmmakers are like, this has got to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. No. And it's like. You need to target <laughs> your audience. And like you bringing can, her pre-sales, on. which is something mm-hmm. I've learned, uh, which I didn't do. And I think I would want to do that on the next film. Talk about pre-sales. Pre-sales yeah, is like having, having a distribution company attached or sales attached from the beginning before you even start filming. So mm-hmm. they help you with the whole process and the whole marketing and campaign having, and, how to, and what you need while you're shooting. Also, pictures, pictures, really good behind-the-scenes pictures. Have an amazing photographer. We had a great one, Stephen Shea. He's amazing. Um, taking photos because they're going to ask you for those photos for for press and marketing and you need to have them because if you didn't get them on set you can't go backwards and get them 
So behind the scenes videos, behind the scenes photos, they really, really need that. And galleries of your actors. So white background, just photos of a million positions and angles of your actors because then you cut them out and put them on your posters. So Mm. if you don't have those Mm -hmm. photos, Mm -hmm. like in the wardrobe, Mm -hmm. you can't do your poster art. That's really smart. We've never had anyone say that before. So that thank you for that new fun tidbit. Um, I was going to ask too, if I can find my notes. So I noticed specifically that your production company does a lot with lower budget films. What are some of the things that you could tell, like talk to the listeners about um, that you found are great ways to fit within a budget? Um, Budgeting is hard. (laughs) Um, It's always great to have more money. Uh, Duh. I would say working with people who bring other resources to the table. Um, Obviously, you want to work with the people you want to work with and the most talented people, but you can find people with both. Um, You know, we have our own camera, um, which saves a ton of money. And our director um, is also a... In, he's a gaffer and he works in lighting and on huge budget films. Um, and he has a ton of lighting gear and really incredible lighting gear. So he made our film look beautiful and that saved us a ton of money. Um, I mean, that's not always going to be the case, but that's, we got lucky with that. And um, yeah, I would say favors as many as you can get. And, you have to build to that and you run out of them, right? You can't just be asking people for favors all the time. You have to also be the type of person, which we always try to do, be, especially my, my production partners, is helping people out on their projects, right? Really, if you've built that, if you've built that like reserve of favors given, then when it's time for you to ask for a favor for your project, those people will go to bat for you because you've been there for them, which is a life lesson, right? Not just a industry lesson. I think if you're constantly the person that's asking for favors, 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 then no one's going to keep doing that. And being really careful with who you ask those favors from and not asking too many times and saving them up. You know, when people ask me, as I'm just producing someone's project, I'm hired to produce someone's project and they say, oh, can you get us this for free? I'm always like tentative or I'm always cautious with who I go to because when I need that favor for my own project, I don't want to have used it. So I would say building that reserve of people that you're helping out and then so you're comfortable to go to them and know that they're going to come through for you because you've been there for them, which is, I think, every everything in the industry and friends and life and family. I mean, it goes around. I really believe that. 100%. And that's how you save money on the budget. Can I ask what the budgets for were? For... Um, I am tentative to say because yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. the sales Still process like, of Okay, that. that's fine. That's fine. I yeah. was just curious because I always um, – you guys didn't do any crowdfunding or anything, right? So on the first project, we did. Okay. We shot, we didn't through um, the whole production process. And then for post-production, we did. And we did a big campaign and we were on the news and it was a whole thing. And it was so much work, insane amount of work. And we raised about $50,000 for post-production on that project. And I don't think I would do it again just because I got so so many people I, and I'm like I can't ask these people again it's like everyone has one good you've got crowd, one one good yeah crowdfunding yeah, so and you so use it or wisely. you can and people might give it's just I felt weird to do it again and mm-hmm. go back to all these people and take 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 um but on this so that ended up being around like a hundred thousand dollar budget on that little give or take um it's pretty good for a first it was great first yeah time. that this is really good one the favors we got this movie looks like it's millions of dollars this last one I mean, the, the, the trailer that i've seen is awesome so yeah, i'm really excited amazing. to see it we we really worked with some incredible people who came through for us and the favors that particularly wesley alley was able to get because he works on such high-end projects and has given so much to a lot of people that they came through for him i mean that's how we did it yeah that's awesome circling back 
now, like, after producing features and going back to producing shorts, like, does it feel easier? Does it feel... Oh, it feels so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. Yes and no. Because it's still the same process. Yes. You still have to do the same amount of work. Yes. Which is why when someone is coming to you with a project, I have to think, do I want to spend the next year or more of my life on this project? You know, people come to me and they're like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this project? And I'm like, yeah, but I, it's not as easy as like, it's going to take a couple of your days on set. It's like, no, this is months of my life in prep work. And then in, then we're and filming then it, then post-production. Yeah. So n- And no. then getting it out there. Yeah, and I'm getting promoting paid it. Now, like yeah. peanuts. Yeah. So I have yeah. to really think about what I want to spend my time doing. Um, and the, sh- the shorts are interesting because you know it's like it takes so much of your time and you're not really getting paid for it and then I don't know what's going to ultimately happen with it and I think if it's something that I really want to do if it's a calling card for me as an actor and I'm also acting and producing it then it gives me footage at least it gives me something but when I'm just being hired as a producer and not an actor like it's got to be something I'm really passionate to spend my time on because I started this to act and at the, my core, I, I want to act. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that's happened recently that I was good, I was so good at producing that people come to me just to produce. And I, I want to do it, but also it's a little bit sad for me. I feel like I don't want to give up on being an actor and just be producing. I want to do both. Yeah. Yeah. And you can. So specifically, producer is such a broad term in the sense of like, I feel like they're essentially the one man show that takes care of so many things on set. Well, it's different in the indie world. Yeah. Well, in, exactly. In a big budget type. Yes. Yeah, so that's all that we are, and the, our listeners are mostly in the indie world. So, what kind of producer specifically? Like, where where is it that you usually focus your energy for producing? Like, I feel like I end up being a producer in the sense that I'm, <laughs> I'm a line producer. I'm a creative producer. I'm a I'm a post-production supervisor. I'm. A, it's like everything. So you do all of them. Okay, cool. Everything. I just I'm didn't a festival know if there director. was a. I'm like not, not festival, a producer. I'm. I'm doing all all stages of it. My whole team. We're doing all stages of it from start to finish. It's that's what it is at indie producing. When you get bigger, it's like you have a line producer to do the budget. You have someone to do the SAG paperwork. You have someone who's on set and being a production manager. But I'm doing all of it when you're on the indie level, which yeah. I love. I really love that. I, I particularly love being on set. And then I love, I also love post-production actually. And that's, I think I love you're editing. possibly love, one of the first per- people that I've heard well, a lot that of people, loves post. A lot of people that's who not produce, an editor. produce through production and then they, they hand it off and yeah. they're done. I love post-production. Um, I even love editing. I sit there with the editor and go through it. I think I'm, really good at trimming fat and figuring out like oh that 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 cut isn't going into the next cut um you need to like l cut this or or have dialogue over that and voice we could add a a voice over here and you know switch the shots switch the orders switch you know punch in here i i enjoy all that and that's the collaborative part of it that i love i love sitting with an editor and doing that of course you don't want to micromanage them and you want to let them have their first go and have their space. Um, but then I love coming in and working with them. How much do you feel like that has impacted your acting? Well, I know <laughs> so I've heard that, you know, the movie you write is different than the movie that gets made. And then the movie that gets edited is different than the movie that was made. Then the movie was written. Like yeah, it all ends movies. up being different and you have to accept that that's going to happen. So I know on a set things can end up what I'm acting in might end up very different in the editing room and I have to be okay with that. Um, They might edit in a way I love. They might edit in a way I don't love. And you just hope it, you know, you give enough options. And I I do find that on set sometimes I'll be like, I I did a a bigger movie recently and we were drinking wine and I kept being like, Hey, um, your art department needs to fill this because now there's a continuity error here. Um, the, the director would be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And that's, I think, how it's really helped me as an actor. I'm very keen on what's going on in a set when I'm acting and like, oh, you know, I shouldn't move my hand this way because in the last take, it was over here and that's going to make them make it really difficult for them to cut together. Um, so I think it's good and it's bad because I think then sometimes it takes me out of 
my acting and I'm like, okay, let me just act how I want to act and move my body how I want to move my body. But I know it makes a difference. In, mm-hmm. And I want to make it easy for the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's kind of like finding the way to marry those two things. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you are similar in the way that you um, like your actual movements, mm-hmm. but you give different takes in the yeah, sense of like you're em- emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, that's not an easy thing yeah. to do. But it is so funny. Like when someone watches a final product of a film, you have no idea what was going on on that set. Like. Right. I was standing on an apple box like with one leg over here and because the, the lighting guy was below me and like we were smushed together in a tiny space and you know <laughs> and it's I like, hadn't had anything to eat yeah for... and I couldn't move my arm here because there's a yeah. c-stand right there and you know, it's so funny the things you you go through on set that it works and there's a reason you do it that way but it's always so funny I'm like if anyone could actually just like macro scale this out <laughs> not like just the shot and see the world the movie behind the yeah, movie it's so funny to me yeah. it is i had i had a commercial i'm not very tall um and so i got paired with this guy who was supposed to be my husband who was like six foot two and i'm five foot two and so of course they had me on like Apple all box. these boxes are like had it turned the other way to where it's like you know not necessarily bad but it's not the most secure and they're like okay you can only you we need you to move this way and you're looking at the wall over here you can't even actually look at them but you're but that's like it's what it is yeah, yeah. like sometimes you're doing a um a scene and your act the partner can't even be there so you're like talking to no one it's so it's <laughs> talking so to weird. gaff tape or exactly. something it's and you're so like funny. yeah it is really funny oh my God. that's so funny like movie on, behind in, in the this, movie yeah in this last project we had a huge so the location we shot at was incredible in the voices but there was a huge suspension bridge to get to the house like a football length field of a suspension bridge and the back road was flooded because there was heavy rains right before we were about to shoot. So all our plans of driving the gear in on the back road were out the window. And we had like a two-ton truck of gear and all our props, all our art department stuff. I mean, our catering, everything, our crafty had to be taken across this long suspension bridge that was over a river and it was swaying back and forth. Oh, my gosh. And like I'm so glad you told this story. <laughs> it was like a f- it was literally like a foot wide it felt like and so it was like so unbalanced and they were carrying a heavy dolly across the thing and i mean everyone had to walk across it our actors our makeup had to bring their stuff every little piece down to the forks had to be brought across (laughs) this bridge all the lighting gear i mean it was insane it was really that was the craziest challenge when we look back we're like how did we do that (laughs) But the I shot looks amazing. Story. It looks amazing on the when you see the suspension bridge. I'm like, for three seconds in the movie, it was really cool. <laughs> um, Isn't it crazy the things that you do? For, we had a whole chase a... scene on the suspension bridge, which oh was really gosh. cool. But yeah, carrying all our gear across that. Fortunately, when we were done shooting, the rains had stopped and we could take some stuff across the back road. But our truck got stuck in the river of the back road because it was still flooded. It was a mess. I mean, it was so. Oh, yeah. It was insane. The, the life of producing. I know. Oh, it's my so gosh. glamorous, right? right? I was cleaning horse shit in the <laughs> barn the day before I started filming because it was on a barn and there was a horse and a donkey and there was. And they shit. It's and they what shit. Happens. And yeah. I was literally like, there's a photo of me with a shovel, shoveling it out. And I'm like, oh, the glamorous Hollywood life right? of a producer. Right. On oh an indie gosh. level. On an indie yeah, level. Well, still. So, you know. Still. I, still, as a producer, somebody, I'm even being a PA. Even on even on a big budget false film, somebody's still shoveling that it's shit true. somewhere. It's usually not the head not producer. Not the head or the but, lead actress. But, yeah, but you know. You know, you never know. Indie film at its best. Um, where can our audience find you online? Um, they can go to my website, which is www.amandamarkowitz.com. They can go to my Instagram at Amanda Markowitz. They can look at threetailsproductions.com and at threetailsproductions.com as well. Everything right. should be somewhere. And stay there. tuned. We'll post when The Voices comes out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah always share excited. your information with us. And we'll share it. Bridge yeah. shots. Perfect. <laughs> we can't we can't wait. I hope you guys are all ready just for that one specific shot. You have to like freeze the frame yeah. and take pictures. I remember I had to get dragged across the suspension bridge and my hair got stuck in a nail and just a chunk of my hair got ripped <gasps> oh out. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, fun times. So worth it. <laughs> 
Hashtag worth it. Well, thank you for talking to us yes. and taking an hour away from Little Hazel. And we appreciate yeah. it. We hope it was worth it. It was yeah. absolutely great. Worth it. You had so many good tidbits. So I'm very excited to get this episode out. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.